listening to The Clutch, a podcast based on all things Counter-Strike, um, from stories within esports to the things your average players struggle with. Um, with, my, with your host, um, Callum, Cal Stout, um, and my two co-hosts, uh, Declan, Dobby McGlynn, and Yoko, Dumbskill, Vicerin. How are you guys doing today, before we begin? Uh, pretty good, pretty good, been chilling, not really been doing much lately, but yeah, pretty good. Not I've been told I'm not allowed to claim that I'm alive, so I'm quite good. I'm I'm cushy. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm feeling happy. Solid. That's fun. solid. Yeah, that's that's not bad. Um, I guess myself, I've just been kind of moving, plodding along as you do. Um, so to start off with, the first episode is going to be about team errors that have taken place for years in the game. Um, so the very first one to discuss is NIP's era ninjas and pajamas. Um, from August 2012 to September 2013. Yeah, no, NIP, they uh, well and truly was one of the most dominant teams of all times. I mean, when you look back back then um, of how they how they made the team, right? They bought the best players from Source, uh, they bought Frith Lauren, and the best players from 1.6, Forest and Get, right? And they made them into this, this team. It was a custom-built, it was the first ever custom-built team uh, with a dedicated IDL, a dedicated AWPA, support your your entry player in Freiburg and then your two star players it was the first real made team and that, that kind of set the standard for all the all the future teams coming in yeah. uh, one of one of the most impressive stats obviously that they had during that era was their 87 and 0 win streak where they won 87 maps flat out didn't lose a single one um until later on in the in the things so that was actually taken by the uh the Estada Dragons core that was uh that them uh, I think they played under the VP logo back then. Mm. But um, if I remember correctly, the one player I remember was Guardian, I think, and I think Doja as well. Were they both together on that? I think I think it was Angel Kutcher. Um, oh no, yeah, no, I remember Adren, Angel Kutcher, Doja, Adren, and can't remember the last one. I think it was Jr. or something. Oh, okay, there you go. Uh, yeah, something like that. Someone like that. Either way, that was probably the most those dominant things. I mean, when you look yeah. back at those in that in that short time, well, in that over a year long time span, they won uh, twenty five major trophies at land, and that is that is huge. They won mm-hmm. several in a row. I think the most they won in a row was like eight. It was incredible, well and truly incredible. I mean, that that stat line in particular, eighty seven and old maps one. That's like that's absolutely incredible. You've got to think like I think. If I, if this is purely off of recollection, but I think only recently in, um, in Valorant, I think there was a team who bet them like very recently. Um, but right up, like all of all up until you know that point, that was like I think the best streak in like all of esports. Yeah. I think the team, uh, I think the version the Korean team Vision Strike, because they had how much was it? Was it? I think it was it was like eighty four or something. Wasn't that? I thought it was like over a hundred or a team something. It was over a hundred somewhere, but I'm not too sure. It was, I think it was a lot. It was a lot. Definitely was up there. Um, um, yeah, yeah they, they, they did lose the first major, though, which was a big shame. Obviously, they lost mm-hmm. uh, Dreamhack, uh, Dreamhack Yalkoping mm-hmm. 2013 to Fnatic in the final. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty bad. Like, uh, but they, 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 they had deserved it enough to really make an era because it was the first ever team to really, to, to really show that you could make a, a competitive Counter-Strike team from mm. both Source and 1.6 players. Mm. I will say with NIP, I think thankfully they had like a proper, like they, they had a proper, you know, they had a happy ending to the story. I think it was the second major, if I'm right to say. They did at least win that, if I remember. 
I think ah. it was the second one. I'm not, it was like it was one of the first ones. He did win a major at the very least, though, so they actually did, you know, cement themselves, you know. They, yeah, I don't think it was the second one. I think no, it was the third one. It was, was it the third one? Twenty four. Yeah, won the second one because they finished uh, runner up, runner up, and then they won. They finally won. Finally major. won, yeah, because that was it, right? Because it's like for all they done, it's like they hadn't won the big major, you know, the massive event. Yeah, but uh, um, another but thing one, to yeah. add on that is they 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 reached the final in five majors. They finished second in four majors. Yeah, and they won one though, of them. Yeah. That's, that yeah. is that is unheard. That's not even done even now. That's that's still a record. Five finals in a row is mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. Um, well, I'm gonna go from there and segue onto our next team. Um, so generally this next era is more based on I say less a team, more a region. This was the for French CS era, it had a bunch of teams in it. Um, so this was from this was between September 2013 and May 2014 for the most part. Yeah, I mean, you had the Titan lineup and the Titan, well, the very games Titan lineup that was rising up while, while Nip was um, was going through, right? So while Nip was still the top dogs of the era, they, the, the French team was rising up behind, like very games was close to number two. Then obviously that core went on to Titan. Uh, and then LDLC came through a bit later on from like May 2014 to January 2015. So it's like a solid, a solid like, Nearly a year and a half of, of dominance from the French region. In reality, like it was, it was amazing, and that only got stopped by um, by the Vacban wave that went that went through, and obviously the match fixing scandals that came along with it. And the French scene got rocked by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think Cali, uh, very influential Orpa back then. He, he got he got Vacban. He was cheating, and then you think of players like Uzi as well, another Vacban player. Then Foxy, SF, and GMX who all got caught match fixing. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of it, it, it caused the death of the French and, and yeah, well, yeah. caused the probably one of the most infamous shuffles of all time, the first French shuffle, which oh, allowed yeah. Envious to come up and win that major later on in in the career in in it. I think just after Fnatic had their era, but I think Envious mm-hmm. started to come up after the first French shuffle, which was, yeah. which was quite an interesting period of time. Because uh, that was when the first French shuffle. That was where it was like. It went from that to like obviously down the years we seen the memes of like the big. I always remember the big diagram meme where it was all the players and it was like all the different lines of he doesn't like that guy and this other guy doesn't like this guy and stuff like that. It was quite intense to look at, quite funny. But I think there's been three French shuffles, right? At least probably. <laughs> God knows how many. But there you go. Um, so yeah, at this point, we'll segue on to I guess the next team from there. Um, so after this, uh, after the sort of French era and the troubles there, and success and stuff, um, we had Fnatic from between November twenty fourteen to April twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah, no, the Fnatic era was the was, was classified as the first official era. Like the Nip era yeah, yeah. wasn't classified as a real era because there wasn't such a thing as eras back then. Back then, yeah. Um, the French, the French era again wasn't really an era because it wasn't one team; it was a region, a region of like a, a combination of three, four teams that were dominant in that time. So mm-hmm. the, the Fnatic era was the real first era, and I, I think that was primarily capped off because they had this dominant run of form in the in the tournaments leading up to the majors, and then they won the first ever team to ever win back to back majors. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they won what is the ESL ESL one Katowice twenty fifteen and ESL one Cologne twenty fifteen. Um, the latter one they won against Nip, so they beat the the, the, the Swedish rivalry going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then they beat Envy in the another one uh, in the next one in the Cologne twenty fifteen. So they 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 essentially established themselves by beating the previous dominant teams of the previous eras, and that, yeah. that was really really quite fun to see. A very star studded skill led roster. Yeah, yeah, for a. Um, I think that point you mentioned of like the first official era, that point in the game, like when Fnatic were, were there, that was really the first point when the game got like properly mainstream and stuff. I feel like that's when it really blew up because that was like those were like the, the proper those were the early skin days of right and save where the whole skins, the like, gamble and thing came up. And that's what partially blew the game up back then as well. Um, but yeah. Um, so the next era from there um, to go for uh, to go from is the LG slash SK era from between April 2016 to December 2016, mainly. Yeah, this is one of those uh, eras which is heavily disputed. Um, yeah. It's yeah. because it was so short. That's the problem, is that we yeah. didn't really know how to define the era. I, I would classify an era as something that's longer. This is <laughs> only like three, four months at most. I mean, it was impressive, very impressive, uh, nonetheless. And this was the, the, the LG SK era was the first time since 1.6 that Brazil had been put on the map, right? Mm-hmm. Brazil was non-existent up to this point. They didn't have any top-tier teams. And this this was the first time since probably 2009, 2010 that they actually had a, had a decent decent team. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first real tactical team, though, as well. And I think yeah, back, you yeah. think of you think of the French teams, always skill-based, you know, always win that force by that very yeah, heavy yeah. skill-based lineups. Mm-hmm. You then had the, the NIP, obviously, get right forest popping off. And then even, even the... Um, the Fnatic area, you had JW and Olaf last year, you had Flush, you had all of those players going ham. But so this was like the real full on tactical team under Fallen, obviously one of the godfather of Brazilian CS after that. Um, truly amazing. They won, um, they won probably one of, one of the most interesting majors, uh, was the second major win, ESL won Cologne 2016 of a liquid. Um, they have an infamous yeah. choke of, uh, of liquid. Yeah, 2016. Yeah. But yeah, no, a very interesting team to be fair. I think uh, mm. obviously this was when Cold Zero was the first first player in the world to get two two years running as the number one player in the world, which mm-hmm. has has only been seen once, and that's recently by Zaiwu. Yeah. Uh, simple, simple, nearly got it, but yeah, that, that that's another thing to add from there. Is um, <laughs> yeah, I think simple's better than Zaiwu, but that's a topic yeah. for another time. Right? <laughs> it uh, yeah, no, the LGSK. What what can you say other than what what a time, what a time mm. for tactical CS to come out? Oh yeah, of course. I think another note with the LGSK setup as well was before they were SK. I think it was. Uh, I think they were under Boom. If I'm right in saying, I could be wrong about that. They were under another org that was even smaller. But I literally, I remember on their come up, there was a note about uh, something I'd seen that was like they were very at the time they were very poorly when they were just starting out, and I think it was Flusha. At Fnatic at the time that like gave d- donated the money to help them get to one of their early events that they qualified for because this was the days when you couldn't quite pay for travel you know like better TOs weren't quite paying for travel the same for events so it was like you know they they got a little bit of help coming into the scene and then obviously they've done so much with that you know they they really became like something special after that you know yeah I think the team obviously they, they, before the SK there was Luminosity right. Uh, yeah, was, yeah. That was a big one. Uh, before that, they were Keyed Stars. Oh, it was a Keyed Stars. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm after. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, from there. So, 
from um from what I kind of at that point there wasn't really after SK there wasn't really or LGSK and there wasn't really any era until phase popped up um between September 2017 to January 2018. Yeah, the the failed uh well the failed phase era. Yeah, was, even uh, then. Yeah. The the ever infamous uh Cloud9 major win. Yeah. Um yeah, no, that was they, that was incredible back then. Truly incredible. Mm. There was there was the uh, was the era before that has has a name. It was the uh, I think it was the balance era or something. Basically, no team was top dog. You had VP in there. You had you had um, the English Astralis team was about back then as well. Like the one with Kirby. Mm-hmm. You had uh, you had the American team. You had the Summer of Love from Cloud Nine. You had Fnatic. Mm-hmm. You had Snip was completely gone by that point, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was pretty much the phase era, right? Well, that's nearly a phase era. Nearly, um, yeah. Because they, they lost the, the the Boston 2018, the Elite Boston 2018 major, which essentially killed their chance of ever getting an era. Um, mm-hmm. And they've never looked like quite the same team since then. Um, yeah. it's, it's quite sad. I think I think they really did deserve an era. I think Nico and I think Carrigan deserved a major. Mm-hmm. But they, um, you know, they they didn't quite get it, which is which is quite sad. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and then we get into probably one of the most dominant eras of all time, don't we? We get the Astralis era. Yep, yep, this is it here, right? You have you have one here from between April 2018 to April 2019, which is fair, but I, I think even actually I still feel like that's maybe arguable. Maybe there was more more to it after that, but you know. I think the reason why I'd cut it off there is because they stopped playing at events, right? They yeah, they they didn't lose, they didn't get their title taken from them. They lost mm-hmm. their title due to inactivity. Yeah, they yep. attended all the wrong events. They essentially only played Blast, which were full of best of ones back then. Yeah, round robin best of ones. That's not how you keep an era going. And I cut it off there because the next era that came in was literally at that point. But oh, yeah. Australia's era was was. The era of pure dominance. I mean, they won two majors in their era. They won uh, Face at London 2018 and uh, IEM Karabitsa 20, 2019. And then obviously they won the third one after that out of their era, which was Starlight of Berlin, which they beat the uh, they, they, they beat the the potential era team, which would have come after that. Mm-hmm. Um, truly dominant. They are, they were still a dominant core until recently, and now they've fallen yeah. apart. But still. A very very strong team, very very interesting team to see. Uh, they changed nade usage, they changed strategy, they changed everything. Mm-hmm. Then they they kind of adapted from that that LGSK thing, right? Because I mean, yeah, Phase yeah. was a return back to the French CS style of heavy well, skill. Yeah, a little bit more Stralis. Yeah, Stralis was a return back to the LGSK team. So it's kind of like a balance there between skill and uh, pure tactical dominance. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing with the Astralis era that, like you mentioned there before, that's the thing that really sticks with me with Astralis. Even after that date, that April twenty nineteen, they out even after that, they were they still transcended that time. You know, and were still incredibly powerful. You know, um, to the point where like every event, you could still look at every event over a certain periods of time after that, and be like, oh, why are Astralis winning again? You know, like people are genuinely getting annoyed at it. Like, oh man, you know, like that's just how good they were. Right? Like they mm. nearly had a second era yeah, because yeah. obviously they let theirs died and then they nearly had one after the Starlight of Berlin Major, but mm-hmm. it wasn't quite there. And then, yeah, they just didn't manage to captivate 
captivate the people, didn't manage to capture with enough titles, with enough anything, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, so from there, um, at that point, you mentioned obviously it got caught off. Uh, Astralis's era kind of got caught off at the time by sort of Liquid's half failed era from between August 2019 to September 2019. Yeah, yeah, it was an interesting time. Um, it's very, very reminiscent of the Summer of Love from Cloud Nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was they they was the team to win the Intel Grand Slam the fastest. They won it in five straight events. Yep. Truly incredible to do. Oh, that. they were unbelievable. Um, yeah. If if they would have won the Star of the Berlin Major, they would have had an era for sure. Mm. But the reason why it's not looked upon as an official era is because they failed to win a major tri- a title. It mm. was dominant for a very short period of time. Um, they kind of did the reverse of what SK did, S- SKLG did, because SKLG solidified the era by winning two majors. And then they wasn't very good outside of that. Well, they were still good, but not not winning everything outside of that. Whereas Liquid did all the victories outside and failed mm. to win a major. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think there'll ever be an American team, an NA team, a uh, North American team that will ever uh, be as successful as that Liquid team uh, was in mm. 2019. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think, unfortunately, yeah, with Liquid, as you say, with a sort of half-era thing, like, it's that point of, like, the joke that's always made about Liquid, and this is what was kind of their undoing before and after this time, was they, they had quite an affinity for choking a lot of games away, funnily enough, to Astralis, you know, but just before them, they lost so many, I don't know what the statistic, the exact number is, but there was, like, a God knows how many, like, grand finals Liquid lost to Astralis, just all back to back to back over a huge period of time um but yeah so i think it was like eight or something eight in a row at least yeah so it was something mental like that um they did win that one back that i buy power event if you remember the really cursed event with like the the security problems and stuff and they actually (laughs) won that to be fair to them but like uh, that was like the one time i remember but when they could see the big screen and they, they, they had to switch <laughs> up the big screen and then put a little <laughs> tiny TV in front of the audience so that they could see the game. Mm. Oh, that was, I think it was January, right? January 2019. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember being at college at the time when I seen it, actually, one morning. But anyways, so from there, um, this, this is sort of the point where it progresses to where we are currently in the game. Um, this is the online era at this point. This is, you know, a number of different teams um, from what was roughly noted, um, so so this was mainly like the, the CIS side, so teams like Virtus Pro, Gambit, Navi, and Spirit, at least, you know, there's many other teams besides the CIS region that have all done damage in different ways. Um, yeah. Yeah, when, when you think of the, the new era, it's the online era, right? So no teams dominant. This is very much like the, the balance era it was before. Mm-hmm. loads of different teams there's no really consistency here the cis teams have adapted well online the european and american teams have not uh-huh. um you only think of the, the teams that did it big was big earlier on in the online era they had a yeah. they had a stint where they was number one in the world in 2020 that heroic has risen that has risen through the, the ashes of nowhere and become a top tier team mm-hmm. um and now we're kind of stuck in this limbo where there's no real top tier team gambit are they a top tier team they're certainly looking like it, but are they going to hold on to it? I don't think so. Heroic, again, I don't think they've got the stuff to hold on to it. Big has has, has fallen off again. Uh, Navi's having their own problems. Navi's Navi. I mean, they're losing to everyone now. Yeah. Um, they're, 
they've got their team set up wrong. Um, Spirit and VP, of course, they're, they're always big threats, but how, how much will that convert when we finally get a chance to go back to the LAN? Um, I think, I think obviously, the teams that have fallen off the most, Liquid, Astralis, mm-hmm. uh, two biggest teams to fall off. And I, I think when, when we do end up back on LAN, I think that'll prove well, prove who's going to be a top two team and not. Are these teams going to be able to hold on to it? Mm. I don't think so. I think it will go back to to the Astralis. Astralis will still be strong. I think Liquid will come back. I think um, I think Heroic, to be fair, have got some pretty good stuff. I think big in certain scenarios when they've got the crowd behind them. Yeah, yeah, can pull off anything. But uh, the online era, it's been it's been the underdog era. I'd say mm, is the way I'd describe it. Um, yeah, no, for me with the online era, like the, the sort of battle you mentioned, that sort of balance era where like any team could win. Honestly, that's my favorite like, watching experience in Counter Strike. I enjoy it when like you're sitting there at an event and you're like, I don't know who wins this. You know, at the very top tier event, you're like, I don't know who has this. You know, you know, any anything goes really. That's quite exciting to me because it's like obviously with all these eras we mentioned before. Um, you know, you're thinking, oh, Astralis, oh, they're going to win, then cool. Or, oh, you know, go back as far as Fnatic. Oh, God, Rick Fnatic's going to win, cool. You know what I mean? Like, it was quite, like, boring and all, unless you were a fan of said team. But, you know, it's kind of like, oh, great, that team's <laughs> It's like, oh, cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, yeah. So, from there, um, that's, I guess, that's us for this episode um, with that last era being in place. So, yeah. Uh, um, so, um, you know, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, hope you enjoyed listening to it and stuff. Um, and we'll see you later. Goodbye. They're going to come forward in 2020. Mm. Hopefully we get back to land. Who's going to be dominant? Who knows? Um, yeah, for sure. It's going to be pretty fun, though. It's going to be very fun to find out. And uh, I look, I look well, forward to it. The guy's got a match fixing, they probably know. Match fixing is a huge problem. Plus, oh, yeah. NA's gone. So probably not an NA team. Yeah, match fix is probably going to come up later somewhere, maybe another episode actually. Yeah, yeah. We'll no, talk more about best. that in depth. In depth. Yeah. Oh. Right. Okay. Um. See you later, everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>